Listener Production. The Dow Jones sheds nearly 400 points in its worst day since March as economic worries return. And Australian shares expected to open lower ahead of key inflation figures. I'm Ryan. I'm Craig. It's Wednesday, September the 27th. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Craig, what a day it's been. The Dow Jones down by 388 points or 1.1%. The S&P 500 slipping below 4,300 points, down 1.5%, and the tech-heavy Nasdaq down by 208 points, or 1.6%. We did see the 30 stock index, the blue chip, having its worst day since March, and we saw the S&P 500 index at its worst or having its lowest level since June the 9th. We had a couple of things to worry about overnight as far as markets were concerned. We did see the latest home sales data decline and we also saw consumer confidence reports stoking concerns over the state of the US economy. Yeah, and then you have a look at yes, the Richmond uh, Federal Reserve uh, survey. It was um, up, it went from minus seven to, to plus five. Um, but the, the Dallas survey, which focused on the services sector, was weaker, down from 2.7% fall to an 8.6% fall. So interesting times that, that we're in. Um, um, I'm not sure where the realisation is going to come from that um, things are okay in the United States and um, we'll, we'll just take it day by day, I suppose. Well, certainly what has caused a lot of the concern at the moment is the US Federal Reserve's meeting last week, mm. why they didn't change interest rates, what we did see was the mantra around higher for longer as far as interest rates are concerned. And we have seen interest rates generally, if you look at those market interest rates, hovering around 16-year highs. So the 10-year US Treasury yield was up by just one basis point to 4.55% last night. The two-year was steady at 5.13%. But of course, with those rates hovering around the highest level since 2007, that is really causing some downdraft for US stocks at the moment. Yeah, and we're seeing the negativity yes, going across Europe as well. The UK market, the UK FTSE was flat, uh, but the FTSE Euro First 300 index was down by six-tenths of one percent. German market was down by one percent, and the French market down by seven-tenths of one percent. Uh, technology stocks not doing so well in Europe, down in the order of 2%, and real estate down in the order of 1.9%. So uh, I suppose in terms of Europe looking ahead to, to Friday with uh, European US inflation figures, it's all about inflation at the moment. Uh, here in Australia today, of course, yes, we've got the, the monthly reading of consumer prices. Uh, later in the week, we've got the, the US preferred measure, the private consumption expenditure deflator. That's coming out on Friday and the European inflation as, as well. So we have to get over those hurdles as well as the other ones which are thrown in our way, like the, the uh, auto bill uh, worker strike in the United States and the p- potential for a government shutdown. What this all meant, of course, is that feeds into worries about inflation. And we did see General Motors shares down by 2.4%. The other thing you mentioned, Craig, was the potential for a partial US government shutdown mm. by the weekend. So we have seen negotiations continue in the United States on the back of this. And really what we are hoping at the moment is we have a situation where the two sides come together and we avoid a shutdown. So we've got five days remaining until a deadline that could for- force wide swathes of the government to shut down for a fourth time in a decade. And of course, the implications for that would be hundreds of thousands of federal workers in the United States would be furloughed and a wide range of services from economic data releases to nutrition benefits will be suspended beginning on Sunday if the two sides do not reach an agreement. We've seen Congress shut down the government 14 times since 1981 
though most of these funding gaps have lasted only one or two days and don't seem to have a major impact on the US economy. But of course, we heard from credit ratings agency Moody's mm-hmm. on Monday, and they said this time that potential for a shutdown would have negative implications for the US government's AAA credit rating. They really do highlight how political polarization on Capitol Hill is worsening the country's fiscal standing at the moment. And the latest news is we heard from Senate Democratic leader Chuck Schumer, and he said that a bipartisan group of US Senate negotiators were close to finishing work on a stopgap funding bill that would avert an October 1 government shutdown. So we may see US futures at the close of market improve on the back of that news. But of course, we also heard from JP. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon mm. overnight, and he warned that interest rates may need to rise further to tamp down inflation, and that weighed on bank stocks. We saw the S&P Regional Banking ETF index down around 1.3%, and Wells Fargo shares slid 2.2%. So that was another downdraft. So uh, certainly a, a confluence of factors are weighing on the US share market at the moment. Reflecting on Europe, Craig, as you mentioned, we saw concerns there around Interest rates being high for longer, rate-sensitive technology shares were down 1.9%, real estate shares were down 2%, and then European luxury giants LVMH and Richmond Mm. weakened by 1.4% and 3% respectively, as investors remain concerned about disappointing post-pandemic recovery in China and faltering US sales. We we haven't mentioned Evergrande, have we? The concerns about the Chinese property sector as well, and and, um, I suppose that's where the degree of concerns is coming from for for the luxury good uh, retailers. Uh, The luxury good index is down by 1.8%, and um, if there's concerns about the health of the Chinese economy, certainly it's reflected in terms of the luxury um, goods share prices. One of the other things, I suppose, in terms of inflation concerns is the the, the price of oil and the price of oil continued to, to go up. Uh, Brent was up by 67 cents overnight or seven tenths of 1%, and NYMEX up by 71 cents or eight tenths of 1%. Now, while this is good news for the energy uh, producers, and it may provide a degree of support for energy in terms of our, our market uh, later on today. Clearly, you know, sort of pushes up prices for, for gasoline, uh, feeds through to inflation. And of course, that will be one of the factors pushing up the, the uh, consumer prices that, that will come out to today, the um, drone measure of um, a monthly consumer prices expected to, to rise from a 4.9% annual rate to something like 51 or 5.2%. But it is the, the fact that oil prices are going up across the, the globe, feeding into headline inflation and infiltrating inflationary expectations. Absolutely. And on Monday, Russia softened its gasoline and diesel export ban, but that didn't seem to have any impact. Markets are concerned at the moment about OPEC supply in particular, although we are obviously worried at the same time about weakening demand from China. We saw gold futures down by 0.9% to 1919.80 US dollars an ounce as those bond yields continue to traverse 16-year highs. Iron ore futures were down 0.2% to 120.93 US dollars a tonne. And as Craig mentioned, iron ore fell to around a two-week low yesterday after the re-emergence of debt problems at China Evergrande Group. And that really did highlight the crisis in the nation's property sector is far from over. So Evergrande's mainland unit failed to repay an onshore bond and defaulted on 4 billion yuan, which is 547 million US dollars. And the developer has been at the centre of a prolonged property crisis in China that really is casting a pall over the fairest markets at the moment. So as Craig mentioned, the big news today in Australia will be the monthly consumer price index or the CPI indicator. And what we're expecting there, Craig, as you mentioned, 
uh, is a little bit of a tick up there. So we're expecting the CPI growth rate, the headline number to accelerate by 0.5% in August mm. with the year end rate rising potentially by about 30 basis points to about 5.2%. And compositionally, we expect the recent rebound in fuel prices or petrol prices that you've mentioned yeah. to add around 0.3 percentage points to headline inflation in the month, although we expect seasonal softness in travel and fresh food prices to partially offset this tailwind. So if you look at the underlying or the core CPI, so that excludes volatile items and holiday travel measures, they are expected to lift by 0.3% in the month of August with the year-end rate, however, easing importantly by around 60 basis points to 5.2%. Household equipment and services to be the main contributors to inflation in the month. So we've got to reiterate here that this monthly indicator is quite volatile. Mm. It's subject to a range of measurement issues, but we're going to see the headline number increase, but the core number decrease. So the interesting thing is whether the Reserve Bank looks through these numbers or not. Yeah, that's the the biggie that yes, will happen yesterday and later today in terms of um, uh, our market. And uh, We've got uh, retail trade figures you know, coming out on, on Thursday. You know, so there's something else to look for you know, later in the week. Yes, and the other thing today is Core Lithium releases earnings. So as you know, it's been a rough 10 months for the lithium miner and producer. It was only back in November last year that we did see Core Lithium shares close at a high of $1.87 per share. Since then, the stock has plunged about 80%. The company's faced a number of headwinds, including its North Northern Territory finesse lithium project, which achieved the milestone of its first lithium production and shipment. But investors hit the sell button, flowing the lower than expected production forecast out of finesse. Adding insult to injury, management also significantly increased its prior production cost guidance, and shareholders were less than pleased with the miners' $120 million capital raising in August. So it has plunged the share price 25% on the 17th of August last month, the day the stock began trading post its cap raise announcement. So all eyes will be on this earnings result today. And of course, lithium prices have been under pressure recently. We've got Meyer shares trading ex-dividend mm-hmm. and around 11 companies pay dividends to investors today. Craig, who are the companies that you're looking at today? Well, we'll be looking at Coles and Woolworths, you know, the, the um, big uh, supermarket giants. They'll, they'll be paying out uh, their dividend uh, to, today. And uh, as you say, you know, 11 companies. We're, we're going to be you know, sort of scratching around for, for the good news. And this is the good news that, you know, so we've got some shareholders, they're going to be opening their mails. You know, so there's still checks, I think. There's still some people receiving checks. They'll look at their bank account at least, you know, <laughs> sort of, and they'll see you know, so that there's some extra dollars in there from dividends being paid out by major companies. And in terms of the currencies, we've seen the US dollar straddling 10-month highs. So, of course, the benchmark 10-year US government bond yields have jumped around 16-year highs, and economic data has remained mostly robust despite higher interest rates. The US Federal Reserve last Wednesday said it may hike rates further and was likely to keep them elevated for longer as it battles to bring inflation closer to its 2% annual target. And we have really seen a jump in treasury yields or bond yields spill over into currencies and also share markets. And what we did see overnight was the Aussie dollar rose from 63.86 US cents to 64.2 US cents mm. and is currently around 63.95 US cents. Yeah, if you're an exporter, you're not going to be you know, crying poor mouth about that. You're know, quite happy about just seeing you know, the currency weak. Uh, indeed, you know, sort of... Um, if we look at the the euro, the pound sterling, six month lows against the U.S. dollar. U.S. dollar index is decidedly strong in US at the moment. 
uh, if you're planning that trip, you know, sort of way, 64 cents, you know, so Aussie, you know, so they're not going to buy you too much you know, over in Europe or the United States. In terms of the exporters, it's certainly a sort of favourable development. Um, overall, we've got a share price index pointing to a weaker start for the Australian share market, uh, down around about 28 points, the, the SPY at the moment, or four tenths to 1%. So it's going to be another tough day. Certainly, the lead-in from the US is not going to help the Aussie share market today, and the latest numbers show the spike futures, as Craig mentioned, down by about 0.3%. And of course, we have seen those commodity prices broadly weaker apart from oil. So a tough day in prospect for Aussie investors, but of course, the key focus will be on the inflation data. Thanks for your time today. Have a great hump day. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067254399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.